Hey, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Not Rocket Science Podcast, episode 25. Damn, quarter to 100. We're almost there. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing okay right now. Um... I'm kind of having a New York moment. The old guys outside on the stoop of my building are deciding to have a 7 p.m. Uh, late night hangout session, or I guess early evening hangout session. And one thing about living in Brooklyn in a neighborhoody kind of area, so not like Williamsburg, where it's all like 24 year old dance therapy majors or whatever um is you get guys just talking on a stoop and all they do is just all day hang out and talk on a stoop and just bs about really nothing but you would think it's super important because they are so loud it's a new york thing it's definitely a brooklyn thing but these guys on the stoop just yell at each other, but they don't yell. They're just talking, but it's at the volume that normal people yell at, but it's just them talking with each other. I don't understand it. I've lived in this building for three years now, and I don't understand why, when they're just talking to each other, they sound so hostile, even though they're being friendly. It's just one of these mysteries that I don't think I'm ever going to figure out as long as I live here. Um, anyway, so if you hear some weird background noise, it's probably the guys outside BSing about, like, the meatball sub they had last night. That's literally the stuff that they talk about. They'll just, like, some guy will mention one place and then be like, oh, yeah, I know that place. I had the sub last night. It's just, like, the most useless conversations. I'm sorry, I'm just venting because it's, I live on the street side and, uh, I have to hear this shit constantly. But, uh, yeah, they decided right when I'm recording this thing to do one of their hangout sessions. Um, and it's also a weird time for me. Normally I don't do podcasts on Mondays because I release on Mondays. But because I was away this weekend at my parents' place, I decided to cram recording and editing and releasing all in one night. So that's a good time. Um, yeah, I was away. I was at my parents' place in New Jersey. Um, because I went to my old college and went to a football game. I went to Rutgers University and I went to a Rutgers versus Illinois football game. And yeah, Rutgers got killed. 
Rutgers is probably the worst team in D1 right now. It is what it is. I'm used to it at this point. They are just an awful, awful, awful football team right now. But, uh, hey, man, there's always hope, right? That's the thing with, like, fans of Rutgers. They have this diehard fan base that have seen more losing than any team in the country over the past 30 years, and they're they just, like, are half apathetic but half hopeful just because they're apathetic. Like, they're so apathetic that they don't care. But because they don't care, they might as well be hopeful in the light, even though the program's obviously horrible, <laughs> if that makes any sense. That's uh, kind of the general sentiment. But right now, because they've gotten worse this year, everyone is just wants to fire the coach. Um, and because Rutgers has no money and doesn't invest in sports, it's probably going to be two years till they fire the coach. But, yeah, that was my weekend. Um, hope you guys had a good one. The weather is changing here in New York City. It is definitely not summer anymore. Definitely fall. Um, it was kind of like misty today and warm enough, but you can feel that chill in the air kind of creeping through now. Um, not a good time for me. I hate fall. I feel like that's almost sacrilegious to say. Everyone loves fall. They love their pumpkin spice lattes and their ciders and then, you know, taking pictures of foliage for their Instagram and shit. I hate fall. And I don't really hate fall because of what it is. I hate fall for what it represents. Because it is the precursor to what I really hate, which is winter. But it's the first step to winter. And it's the first impression of bad weather that I get for the year after five months of good weather. So that's why I hate fall. But, you know, I don't, I see why people like it. I do like apple cider. Pumpkin spice is a fake flavor, but it's delicious. I like Halloween. It's not my favorite holiday, but. I do like it. Some people hate Halloween. I'm like, how do you hate Halloween? I mean, you can at least be neutral with Halloween. Um, I like it. I've always been a fan. I don't always go out or dress up, but just the overall vibe and the mood. I think it's fun that we have one day a year where we straight up just embrace the darkness. You know what I mean? Everyone just kind of embraces the darkness. And, you know, we give out candy and that's meant to be lighthearted, but candy's dark too. You're giving kids things that are terrible for them for fun. That's kind of dark if you look at it that way. So not that I like handing things out to kids that's terrible for them, but I just think it's fun that we have one holiday where we're like, screw it. We want all this evil stuff everywhere, and we're just going to embrace the evil side of things for one day I think it's cool and I like horror movies some really good ones can freak me out I'm usually not freaked out too bad by them but uh you know I love the horror genre I'm not like a horror head where like I collect horror movies and know every scene from every major movie or anything like that but I enjoy it particularly for a certain time type of year where you get in the mood and you eat some 
candy corn. Candy corn. See, people complain about candy corn, too. Everyone rips on candy corn. I kind of like it. It's a little waxy, kind of gross. The texture obviously feels gross for you. Nothing about it feels right when you eat it, but it just tastes like sugar. Like, the taste is just straight-up sugar. I don't get how anyone hates that. I guess it has to be a consistency thing. I don't know. Anyway, fall in New York has arrived, and I am missing summer already, but I get it. People like it. Change of the times. Change of the seasons. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how this fall goes. Hopefully the winter's not too bad. Last year it didn't snow very much, but it was cold as well, cold as hell doesn't even make sense. But it was Siberia, New York, for parts of last year. It was really cold, and I hope that doesn't happen again. But uh, we will see. Big week of news. Wow, what an unsmooth transition that was. But yeah, big week of news. Lots of happenings going on across the board. Pop culture, politics, tech, everything pretty much. Music, which I probably won't even get to on this one because there's so much going on elsewhere. But uh, yeah, big weekend. So, of course, when you go home and see the rents, they're glued to the TVs and they just watch the news. That's what parents do. They watch the news every day, right? So everyone's up in arms with this Kavanaugh thing. Um, It really doesn't touch the things I talk about directly week to week, but... I think it's an important cultural moment, and uh, I don't know, I feel weird if I didn't touch up on it at least a little bit, but to me, like, I think people get too caught up in the tribalism of American politics. That's my main beef with all this. Everyone, or not everyone, but most people in this country prescribe to one of two stances when it comes to almost every political issue because they absorb their news from newstainment channels and not real news sources. Fox News is fake news. MSNBC is fake news. CNN is fake news. Breitbart is fake news. It's all fake news. You know why it's fake news? Because it's all slanted editorial-based opinions on news. So yeah, the literal facts that they talk about are real news, but how the message is being delivered is so far from neutral. It is absurd. I thought it was far from neutral when I was in high school, which is like 2004, that election. And that was like watching c-span compared to now it is absolutely insane and how of how dangerous all this editorial entertainment based news is you know what even that wouldn't be that big of a deal if we didn't have a two-party system that basically has a monopoly on political opinion the only thing is is it's not a monopoly because the two parties are polar opposites But you get these polarizing two sides of the spectrum and nothing in between. Like, do people forget that Trump has been a Democrat for most of his life and switched to Republican because he knew that's the only way he can win the election because he doesn't really fit what the Democratic Party wants in a president, particularly post-Obama? 
plus as a business person slash someone who's committed tax fraud and tax evasion for years, being on the party that is for looser business regulation makes economic sense for him in good business sense. Like, that's why he's a Republican. But, like, really, this is all just smoke and mirrors. The real issue is we have a system that does not let uh, let enough uh, variety of opinion get the same platform that these two polarizing parties that suck get. Democrats, the Democratic Party this day and age is awful. The GOP in this state is awful. And then you have people who are talking heads on Fox News just blah, blah, blahing about Democrats on Fox News because that's Fox News' agenda. And then on their own podcasts and their own shows actually criticize Trump. And it basically admit that the GOP is a shit show right now. But they don't do it on Fox News because they're catering to the base on Fox News. And then on their podcast, they have actual independent thought. And they go against some of the things that Fox News, you know, props up as, you know, all hunky-dory. To me, it's ridiculous. And the revolt and the outrage. See, like, I get I get the Kavanaugh hate. He probably did the things he was accused of. And that, along with lying under oath should not make him eligible for the Supreme Court justice position. But the real issue is the system. And all of these things happening, Kavanaugh getting to see, it's a, they're all symptoms of a broken system that is broken inherently, but also doesn't work in a country that's multicultural, as big just in landmass as the United States is, and has 350 million people in it. From all different walks of life, all different worldviews, all different beliefs, all different religions, all different values, all different experiences because of how big the country is. It doesn't work. The idea that one system, either extremely on one side of the coin or on the other side of the coin, working is absolutely ridiculous to me. <sighs> wow, that was a political rant. I don't do those very often. Um, but that's the thing. And then the other thing is like, judging these people for their character and less about their party affiliation. And this is, in terms of Kavanaugh, you know, the Republicans are to blame for this. Like, to me, I think Kavanaugh shouldn't get the position, A, because he likely lied under oath, but B, because he's just a shitty person. It's beyond obvious that this guy was your typical frat boy drinker douchebag that was a stereotype in 80s college movies you know what i mean like like revenge of the nerds or something where like you have that evil fraternity with a bunch of 80s bros drinking obviously john cavanaugh is that it's so freaking obvious and you can look at his high school yearbook and you can tell that like he is that guy He's the bro from the 80s teen movie who's part of, like, the rich kid, cool kid group that shits on the poor kids or the nerds. He was definitely that, and he's definitely just parlayed that network to his career, and he deserves to be checked for being an asshole. 
the same way like Caitlyn Jenner when she got ESPN like most brave, courageous, whatever award, should never have gotten that because Bruce Jenner was an asshole. Caitlyn Jenner is an asshole. She killed somebody by just being oblivious and texting while driving. And there's not, and there's narcissists. That whole family is just obviously a bunch of narcissists. They've ruined Lamar Odom. Kanye West was already crazy, but now he's on crazy, like nth degree crazy. Their whole existence is basically like just a public spectacle of performance art, which is really funny. Everlast said that on Joe Rogan's podcast last week. But yeah, they're living in a performance art world. And it makes them narcissists. Some of them are probably sociopaths. I think Bruce Jenner is an out-of-touch douchebag. And he should be judged on that. doesn't matter if it's what gender Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner is. It's just, are they a good person or not? No. It doesn't matter if Brett Kavanaugh is a Republican or liberal or he's conservative. Or a Republican, Democrat, conservative or liberal. It's like, is he a good person or an asshole? Well, everything I've seen, including his uh, testimony and defense and all that, he just looks like an obvious asshole. Like, let's just use a smidgen of common sense here. Just a bit. And there's Democrat assholes. I'm not, this isn't, I'm not trying to, like, just gang up on the Republican Party. There's tons of Democratic assholes. Hillary Clinton, number one example, which is why she lost the election. She's an asshole like Trump, but less charismatic and less off the cuff and less crazy with uh, the quotes, the quotables. So there you have it, and that's why they lost the election. Um. Anyway, I should get off the politics tip, but when you go home and chill with the parents for a weekend, these are the kind of things that happen. Um. Because, yeah, I can't take the talking heads anymore, man. I, I tune that crap out at this point. I just don't care. I majored in political science, basically. And uh, when you learn the history behind all this stuff and the root ideologies of all these things, it becomes ridiculous. I remember the day I lost real interest in following politics day to day was when I was in this, uh, it was like the origins of democracy or something like that. Or maybe it was like history of democracy, something like that. And I remember the teacher was talking about back in the day in like Athenian culture, during because in Athens, Greece, ancient Athens, Greece, they had a pure democracy. And I believe the professor was giving a talk about the how people back then became politicians, like the path to becoming a politician in ancient Athens. And what it was was there was a schooling that kids go through from a certain age. And then if the kid had, comes from the right family, the right resources, and shows, I guess, some ability to be a politician based on whatever criteria was, they would continue their schooling with um, these, these, I guess they're basically like tutors, but they had a certain name. But what the name translated to is basically a rhetoric coach. So what they would be taught was just schooling on rhetoric, being a master of rhetoric. And when you go through your rhetoric schooling, that's when you were able to 
try to become a politician. And when I learned that, I was just kind of tapped out. I was like, oh, so the whole thing is just baloney. It's all just based on persuasion, rallying up the base and persuading them to act on your agenda. That's democracy in a nutshell. So when I learned that, I was just kind of disappointed and just kind of lost interest in the whole thing, following it day to day like I used to. Because I used to love following politics and debating people. But when I realized the whole thing's just a game, uh, I just kind of soured on the whole thing. And I have not been as involved with politics ever since. I don't know. It just, I haven't revisited it. And to me, I think actually Facebook played a big deal with it. Just seeing people come out of the woodwork and post their political opinions on Facebook where they have no idea what they're talking about. Like, that is the worst. And uh, that kind of soured the whole process. I guess the social media aspect of politics also kind of made me sour on following it to the degree I used to. Um, So anyway, yep, that is that. Now, uh, I guess Kavanaugh's sworn in. It is what it is. I'm going to move on. And uh, we'll see what happens with this, but I guess it pays to be a moron, regardless of political affiliation, right? But uh, things more technically related to tech. We got another big tech company data breach. Hooray! Data breach. I feel like I talk about these every freaking episode at this point. Yeah, man. So first it's Facebook. Google felt a little left out breaching data. Uh, And uh, yeah, they came out recently and saying they're shutting down Google Plus because there was a bug in the code for Google Plus that was open for three years that let people steal information. Um, Supposedly... They didn't feel that it was that big of a threat because they felt that no third party knew about it. Therefore, that's why they kept it in-house for a while until now. And yeah, past three years, all your data could have been taken off your Google Plus profile, which everyone has, but no one uses. Remember when Google Plus was like trying to be a thing? You guys remember that? It was trying to be the Google version of Facebook, but it's like... Yeah, the company that doesn't do anything social media is trying to take out the company that only does social media. That was a brilliant plan by Google. Oh, God, what a waste of resources. But it's pretty funny. Um, Here's the thing. Did anyone ever seriously use Google Plus? I have never met anyone that was like, a hardcore Google Plus user that uploaded all their albums, filled out the profile 100%. I don't know anyone. Everyone had one because everyone has a Gmail account, and there's like one point where they kind of hit you hard on the marketing to make your Google Plus profile. So I think I think like they might they must have a ton of users, like a large portion of people with Gmail, but active users has to be like almost zero. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, so Google says that they have no evidence to suggest any third-party developers were where the bug or abused it. The bug affecting an API that was accessed by hundreds of developers appears to have been active between 2015 and 2018. And they closed the bug in March of 2018. But they're saying, how do they know? If hundreds of developers touched it, do they mean... Do they mean in-house Google developers or do they mean third-party developers? It has to be third-party. The way this article is written has to be third-party developers. So, yeah, they're just guessing that no one touched it. Um, Yeah, but it could have been a bug that no one externally could pick up and only in-house would understand, potentially. I don't know. But uh, after the Facebook data breaches... uh, not good, guys. Not good. Not the best effort, Google. Um, but does anyone really care at this point? Like, I think that's the bigger question here. Does pe- do people in 2018 even give a shit about getting their data breached? I feel like I've been a part of at least six things as far as, like, email products or social media platforms that have been hacked. I don't even have a Facebook profile. I don't even have a Facebook. And I've been part of email, Yahoo, mail breach, just everything. I don't even have Facebook, which is the worst offender of all this. So, I mean, and I don't really care. I don't really care at this point. I would care if someone actually stole my information for real, but I don't know. It's just, I think you care when shit gets real but i mean when you just hear about these reports does anyone really care if it doesn't affect them in a very obvious way i don't think it does back in the day people were freaked out by this stuff i remember the first time i i heard about email hacks and i was like what they have access to my information my private emails keep in mind i had zero important emails at that time in my life none it was all just like shop you know ebay marketing to me and things like that but still just the idea of the lack of privacy was was a scary deal back then now i just i don't know i think people were immune to it anyway so that's google and uh microsoft's also having problems windows 10 update um was botched and was super buggy and would give you that blue screen of death and uh, Chrome wasn't working on Windows 10 when they were slowly doing the beta release I don't know what's up with Microsoft some of their products like Surface I played with Microsoft Surface tablets, those things are amazing but some of their like staple products are so bad has anyone does anyone work at a company that uses Office 365? Because my company uses Office 365. It is the biggest piece of shit compared to Google, like Google Docs, Google Sheets, um, Google Slides, all that. Office 365 is the worst. It is the buggiest, clunkiest online software ever. Permissions are a mess. The whole thing looks like shit if you're on a modern laptop with a retina display. It looks all pixelated. It's just like everything's clunky when you try to share files and work on them simultaneously. One person winds up getting like 
their laptop freezing or one person overrides the other without realizing it all kinds of issues it is the worst and i'm like how who's working on this thing they have to have a real team of devs working on it it's microsoft but the thing comes across like a prototype it's so bad um i don't get it i do not get it i still use google sheets on the side for certain things which was like against company policy i don't really care if you're going to be cheaper with your clunky ass office 365 software i'm going to figure out other ways to get the job done um anyway not to rant but it looks like windows 10 is running into the same kind of issues that i experienced on the daily with outlook 365 uh powerpoint online word online all that crap even word online like it takes a long time to load a file and they have this crummy little load state spinner that's just awful the whole thing's just awful user experience is just terrible on those things but when i played it with surface it was great i had a great user experience so they really have to just have a disproportionate amount of resources dumped into pro- different p- products or different sectors at microsoft based on what probably makes the most money for them that's the only thing i can think of but yeah that happened and then on the amazon side of things they released the echo show for 2018 um for those who don't know what the echo show is that is like the top line amazon echo with alexa you know it's the video one hence the name show that is a terrible name for a product because it's it's like almost too literal the echo show like it might as well be called like the echo display or the echo visual and i mean when it's that literal it just sounds kind of wiggity whack but sorry i think my microphone was pointed a little too high but uh i mean it looks nice i haven't played with it myself yet i think they released it like today uh, or they announced it or the tech blogs got to demo it today because i've been reading about it today and i don't remember seeing it over the weekend for some reason i'm probably off with that it was probably released like last week and i just missed the boat but whatever um it seems like this update is essentially the same update that the iphone got this year from what i've read it seems you know bigger badder better sound quality better uh video quality a bigger video screen but you still can't do any of the things people want to do with it an amazon echo with a screen you know you're basically should be getting into the internet of things territory where you can just access any video have it play interact with it but they're still stuck in this state where all the really cool vui stuff vui meaning like voice user interface like amazon skills and things like that are still locked within the amazon ecosystem and amazon doesn't even offer that much um and and when you get out of the amazon ecosystem it seems like the whole thing just goes to shit um i was reading one review and they particularly called out the youtube experience being just awful like nothing really working right the picture looking weird um none of the search terms being correct like they said it was like comically bad so i just think we're going through this puberty phase with voice-based technology where they see what they're going to become one day 
but they're not quite there yet. And that's uh, that's pretty common when it comes to technology products, I think. I think um, Sega Dreamcast and Sega CD were an example before PlayStation really took off. Um, like VR headsets with really crappy games before the uh, modern augmented reality games existed. Um, there's probably even more obvious examples I'm not even thinking of. Some of the early Apple stuff went during their initial comeback compared to what they eventually put out. Palm Pilots, for crying out loud, and Blackberries compared to smartphones. Um, I, f- I just feel like the whole voice technology thing is going to take off when uh, the ability for voice commands on one particular platform will be more inclusive to uh, to other applications. So you'll be able to just call out anything and it'll work, not just within Amazon's ecosystem or Google Assistant or Apple when they release theirs. Um, I just think the whole thing just has to work more seamlessly, kind of like the internet typing stuff. And then you'll really see the technology take off and the mass adoption on a real level, not just buying it because it's $40. You know, Amazon Echoes, or I'm sorry, voice-based technology systems were mass adopted quicker than smartphones but they're also cheaper you know you can get an echo for 40 bucks most high-end smartphones during the initial wave of smartphones cost more than 40 dollars so it makes sense but i don't think people are using it the way people use smartphones and i think they need to be a little more free form with their commands and uh have these big tech companies need to cross pollinate each other's platforms and collaborate more for this thing to really take off. But I mean, they're doing what they can. I'm not going to hate on, on the echo show too much other than the name, other than the bullshit name. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a next couple of years. We're still going to experience this kind of in between state for these voice-based technologies before uh, they really start taking off. But, hey, at least there's no data breach yet, right? That's something. So, go Amazon. Um, What else? Oh, did you guys hear about this Banksy thing, by the way, over the weekend? Um, Banksy had one of his paintings go on auction and then when it was sold he put a paper shredder behind the painting and on command it basically shredded the painting right in the middle of the auction or right at the end of the auction I should say once it was sold the video's online and it was a huge story it's on like every major blog every major tech site every major cultural site um but it was but what I'm trying to figure out is how he got the thing to shred once it was sold like how he got it to trigger cuz there was no I mean unless it was sound base and when the guy you know slammed the I guess gamble down to is that what it's called the hammer whatever the hammer thing's called um to end the auction maybe that triggered it it was sound based I have no idea there's all these articles talking about like how Banksy shredded his own painting for an auction when it was sold but then no one says literally how he did it and he released a one minute video about about it showing the shredder behind the painting 
but he doesn't tell you how he was able to trigger it on command when the auction ended. And that was the one thing that left me hanging. I was like, how did he do that? Um, it has to be sound based or something. I don't know. Or, or maybe he had like a remote and he was watching the auction in real time and maybe just press the red button or whatever after it was sold. I, I don't know. But, uh, that's what I was wondering when seeing this whole thing, but it's pretty cool for him to pull a stunt like that. But the problem is he played himself. He was trying to play the buyer in the auction and, uh, softbies, but, now supposedly he like doubled the value of it now that it's in its shredded state because what he did was a piece of art history now (laughs) so he kind of played himself in a way which is kind of funny um but regardless i thought it was a pretty cool stunt um and yeah he keeps it fresh man that guy has an unlimited amount of ideas it's pretty amazing because he was, it was a rehash of one of his old works from it's the the kid with the balloons, which is like one of his most classic uh, classic works. So it wasn't like a new painting or anything. It was just he was just selling. He just made like a rehash that sold. So I guess he doesn't really care about it. But I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Hit me up on the Twitter. Hit me up on the socials, man. NRS underscore show. But, uh, yeah, Banksy's, Banksy's a bad dude, man. And he's still, he's still doing a thing. Um, yeah, so I want to know how he did that. How he made that thing go. Because that's insane to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. What else is going on? Oh, I'm joining a gym this week. That's exciting, right? I got to get my skinny fat ass into the gym badly. Past year I've been talking about it. It is time for action, ladies and gentlemen. I am hitting the gym. I'm doing my free trial this week. I'm going to go to the place right up the street from me. They're open 24 hours a day, five days a week, till 11 o'clock on weekends. And they got a nice boxing set up. I'm going cardio. I'm going boxing, light weight training. I went to the doctor last week, not happy with my blood pressure. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it could be better. And I'm not happy with my weight. Again, not bad. You wouldn't know it, but I could lose 10 pounds. Um, So that's my new thing. I'm going to get my health on. You know what I mean? Get my health on. And uh, if you guys know any good exercises, let me know. Any good routines. I'm trying to do the more lean than the bulk. Uh, I'm trying to eat a little healthier, but we'll see what happens. That's I'm saying it on this podcast because I want to actually do it and I want to be held accountable on some level. So if you guys want, all six of you listening to this, hit me up on Twitter, NRS underscore show, and be like, Sean, get your fat ass to the gym. Keep me honest about this. It's October. Changing of the seasons, hitting the end of the year, it's time. I gotta get my ass into shape. So that's the big news. Personally, what I got going on. Um, so yeah, joining a gym this week. I'm hyped about Red Dead Redemption though. See, that's the thing. It's like 
I want to join the gym, I want to get fit, but I'm also hyped about a video game, which I never am hyped about. I barely play video games, but Red Dead Redemption 2 looks like the best game of all time, and I'm ready to get fired from my job. I'm ready for my girlfriend to leave me. Like, I'm mentally prepared for all this stuff to happen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm a responsible adult, and I will play this game maybe like a responsible adult. Maybe not. We'll see. Maybe all this stuff's real. Maybe this is my last month at my job. I don't know. All I'm saying is that the game looks incredible. I cannot wait to play it. It looks like an achievement in technology and uh, storytelling so far from what I can tell the trailers. And I am more hyped about that than any of these bullshit tech products times a thousand because I Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the greatest games I've ever played. Street Fighter 2 is my favorite game of all time still, but I think Red Dead Redemption 1 is a close second. So I am crunk city for this one. Um, And then what else? Oh, the other thing I just wanted to bring up is uh, I don't know if any of you guys are into UFC, but uh, it's kind of breaking into the cultural mainstream. So figure i touch up on it i'm a big mixed martial arts fan i have been for years um i'm a user experience designer which is my day job and i kind of look at uh mma fighters as kind of like an inspiration for what i do because it's kind of there's a lot of parallels uh the industries kind of started coming up around the same time the becoming the modern ux designer or the modern mma fighter as far as having to train in all these different facets um, of their discipline and put it all together in a package that works like it's kind of the same kind of thing just one is a blend of art and science the other one is athletics and science and creativity um very different you know in terms of what you're doing it's very different but the idea of the discipline being a hybrid of many other disciplines is where it's kind of the same thing. So I always look at it in that way, in that sense. And I kind of look at me working in tech in that sense, but it's also just fucking fun to watch. It's just fun to watch. And, uh, it was a really big event this weekend with Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, for those who don't know who Conor McGregor is, you're probably living under a rock cause he's a super mainstream celebrity, a two weight champ, Big shit talker from Ireland, Khabib Namagomedov. If you don't know who he is, it's all good. Uh, if you're not really into mixed martial arts, you probably wouldn't. But he was—he's an undefeated champion. He's now 27 and 0 because he won the fight, and he's never lost a round. Although the judges gave Conor McGregor one round in this past fight, supposedly, but um, the fight ended by submission, so it was never officially called as a round but anyway um the reason why it's hitting the mainstream isn't just because it was a big fight it was because after the fight Khabib Nurmagomedov was mad at Conor McGregor's uh jiu-jitsu coach basically his grappling coach this guy named Dylan Dennis and hopped the fence and went into the crowd and ensued a big melee which also wound up happening in the octagon as well with conor mcgregor so so basically a uh huge fight broke out after a huge fight and uh 
made national headlines, and the UFC is all just like, this is just despicable. Of course, as they always do when these types of incidents happen. And, uh, yeah, to me, the thing that's crazy about this is the fact that the UFC, so this, the reason why this fight broke out is that there's a huge rivalry between these two because back in April, Khabib Nurmagomedov was fighting a card in Brooklyn, which I went to down the street from me. And uh, leading up to the fight, <clears throat> all the fighters during uh, the week before the fight, before the lead up to the fight, they have to uh, do all these media obligations and go to all these places and do these press conferences, public workouts, etc. And generally, the fighters all travel by uh, by buses, like shuttle buses. And half the fighters go on one bus, the other half go on the other bus. It's based on what corner they're fighting in, the red corner or blue corner. And Conor McGregor came to Brooklyn and threw a dolly, like a loading dolly, at one of these buses to try to get Khabib to get out to fight him backstage. And it shattered all this glass, and then multiple UFC fighters got injured by the glass, and uh, a few fights were taken off of that card back in back in April. So he kind of ruined a, an event. He wound up assaulting multiple UFC fighters that had nothing to do with this beef. And, you know, he got arrested, yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, is the UFC used that footage because they caught it all on footage because they they videotaped the whole week leading up to the fight they had all this footage of it and they used it in their promotional packages for this upcoming fight you know like bad blood grudge match blah 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 blah. and then after the fight because it's so personal and conor mcgregor is also talking a lot of shit about khabib he was talking about his family his religion he's muslim he's dagestani he's from dagestan he's a muslim um you know, all the stuff about Chechen rulers and how he's like a, you know, like a Muslim. He was saying all this really bad stuff. And uh, they used it all in the footage for the promos. Or they at least used some of those sound bites. And then they showed all the Dolly bus footage, everything, to create this narrative to sell the fight, basically to buy pay-per-views. And when questioned about it, UFC president was like, yeah, it's part of the story. Of course we used it. It's part of the story of the buildup of these two guys, which he's right about. Problem is, is when you say that, you cannot be disgusted about what happened after the fight. It's just, you're playing both sides of the fence. It's just, no one believes you. And it all it looks disingenuous, but it also, if it is genuine, it makes you look stupid and genuine. To not be able to see through that. Like, people get it these days. People are savvy about media and sales. People know corporations are essentially will do anything for a dollar and will pump any angle possible that equals revenue gain. So, that's, you know, to me, the lesson with this whole fight is just the danger of advertising the wrong thing. And being a slave to money because it, you kind of you wind up looking bad if you become hypocritical in your behavior. Not even so much what you say, but how you act. 
You know what I mean? Because when Connor threw the bus to Dolly, the UFC was all like, this is disgusting, this is the worst thing ever, the fight card's ruined. And then they used the footage to hype another fight, and then that helped, you know, boil the blood of one of the fighters. So after the fight, he freaks out when one of the other guy's team members starts talking trash to him, and then it creates this huge kind of almost malice at the palace scene for the NBA fans, you know, Ron Artest. But it wasn't as bad as that because he wasn't fighting fans. He was fighting a training partner slash coach for his opponent. Um, And that's the only person he really went after. He wasn't going after any fans or anything. So, to me, I have a hard time believing the UFC, if they were to do a rematch, would not show this footage now in the promotional packages for the next fight. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can do that, but get off the high horse when this shit happens. It makes you look so bad, and it makes the UFC as an organization look clueless and out of touch. Either go all in on selling and just be, you know, the greedy corporate entity that you are in actuality, or don't promote the ugly side of this fight and be clean with it like the NFL and maybe or maybe not equates in less sales and get creative with your marketing, you know? Invest a little time in hyping, you know, the best trash talker and maybe striker in the sport versus the best grappler and now what you can call the best lightweight of all time. But I don't even know if there's going to be a rematch. Um, I'm getting a little too in the weeds here with the MMA stuff, you know, but I'm to me it's an advertising lesson. Be honest But if you're going to be honest and that's your strategy and that's what you want your company to be, be fully honest no matter what. Don't be honest in one way by in hopes of having that be a selling opportunity and then when things go wrong, turn the other cheek and be all high and mighty. Because the other thing is when the fight broke out, the UFC didn't even show that fight. They they had a wide-angle camera, so viewers who were watching the pay-per-view couldn't see what was actually happening. It had this big, like, aerial view, almost, of what was of the arena. Um, they weren't even trying... They were trying to hide what was happening. They trying to hide what was happening, but they are promoting all this bad blood leading up to the fight. It just makes the company look two-faced, the organization look two-faced. Go all in or all out. You know, that's that's the takeaway. When it comes to advertising and honesty and showing the story or whatever you want to do, go either all in, put all your chips in, or not, and be, you know, wishy-washy about it. But this in-the-middle thing and doing it when it's convenient to sell stuff just looks terrible. It's a terrible look, and any business that does that kind of thing with their marketing and advertising, it's going to burn you in the long run. UFC has a great product. They were first to market in America with this thing um, when it comes to MMA they got the brand so you know they're probably not going to suffer that much from it but if you're a startup trying to do whatever the equivalent in the startup world is of something like this being this crazy um, you know just having honest advertising honest stories but in a way where you know there could be negative consequences like just go all in or all out this in between stuff doesn't work like jiu-jitsu itself. With jiu-jitsu, <clears throat> the martial art, everything's about being as close to your opponent as possible or being far out of distance and out of range of danger. You know what I mean? This is the same thing. You go all in or all out. 
Um, but every, yeah, everyone's kind of just touching up on this on Twitter and is making like mainstream evening news, which is crazy. I've never seen that before as a story all over ESPN, all over like every sports channel. But to me, that's the issue. The issue is how UFC promoted this fight when there was real bad blood between them, particularly on Habib's side, because he's deeply, you know, religious and Muslim and from the other side of the world. And you're trying to promote it, promote it, push, you know, push the push the needle as far as it would go, and you didn't expect to get burned in the end, then you got burned in the end, and you're like, oh my god, I'm shocked. Like, you can't do that. <sighs> anyway, I feel like I'm just repeating myself at this point. So I'm going to call here, guys. 51 minutes in. Um, thank you guys for listening to another episode. Uh, if you haven't, hit us up on the socials. I talked about it before, but on Twitter and Instagram, NRS underscore show. And I've been slacking on posting content recently, but I will make up for it. I used to put, make uh, these graphics for Instagram from scratch, and they would take forever, forever. I'd do these Photoshop jobs. Um, and I kind of just got burned out from it. So I'm trying to think of new ways to do social media without having to spend like three hours on, on one post. But, uh, I will be posting on Instagram again soon. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next week. We release episodes every late Monday night to Tuesday morning. So, so it's ready for Tuesday morning. And uh, I have a few hours to edit this one, so that makes that deadline. So I'll see you guys next week. Take it easy. Have a good one. Peace.